He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the perfect judge, the perfect defender, and our perfect savior. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth with Madison Sanderson. Grab your Bible, a cup of coffee, and let's celebrate him. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm so sorry that it has been quite a while since I've actually posted another episode. Uh, I said in the last episode that that probably wasn't going to happen again, but here we are. Life has just been absolutely insane, bonkers, crazy sort of stuff, but it has been really good. Uh, if you didn't hear or if you didn't know, my husband and I moved recently, and with that move came new jobs and the opportunity for us to be able to start our own business. And so we started our own remodeling business, and it is a dream come true for both of us. But with that does come long hours and then just a a level of exhaustion that comes from doing manual labor for hours on end. But it has been really awesome and really fun to be able to work every single day with my husband. Um, We're rarely apart, and I like that. And sometimes I want him to go take a little break from me, (laughs) but I love him. And it's been really great because we've both been able to spend even more time in our word as well. And just in our studies of scripture and uh, different books that we've been desiring to read, to just grow our depth and our knowledge of Christ. And so that's been really, really uh, a huge blessing for me specifically, but I can also say that for Cody and feel safe saying that. So Uh, For this episode, I'm not really going to be covering a huge topic per se. There's going to be little topics here and there, but I've had a couple of people that have reached out to me, whether it was through Facebook or Instagram, that I don't know. I've never met them. They've never met me, and they were just asking some questions based off of the podcast, and uh, I kind of started realizing that there's more people listening to this than I was expecting, and Quite a few of those people don't know me. And there's also some that are listening to it that probably think they know me, but they actually don't. So I am going to take this episode to let you kind of come into my world and come into my life and understand more of my thinking and why whenever I talk about certain things, why I approach it from a certain stance and um, basically what I believe as well, because that's that's a big that's a big deal nowadays is we need to know the people who are allow- who we are allowing to speak into our lives. We need to know their stance on biblical things. And yeah, that's my that's my goal for today. So I have a section that I need you to listen to because it is a sponsored section and it takes about 30 minutes or 30 seconds, not 30 minutes. That'd be the longest sponsorship ever. But it'll take about 30 seconds and I'll be right back. All right. Thank you so much for listening to that. I think that that is such an awesome concept that you can actually leave a voice message for me. And I obviously would like for you to, one, just do it. But also, if you are, please make sure that what you are leaving is there's no profanity or anything along those lines, just because I don't know who my whole audience is. And personally, I'm not a big fan of profanity anyways. And so I would just rather it not be, I'd rather not be there. Anyways, I would love for you to leave a voice message of almost any kind, especially over things that you might be wrestling with or questions that you might have pertaining to uh, whether it's just life or anything theology or anything along those lines. I would love that. So without further ado, 
let me introduce myself. My name is Madison Shea Sanderson, and I have been married for a little over nine months now, and it has been great. I'm married to a man named Cody, and he has a sweet little six-year-old daughter, and her name is Sophia, and she is just like a bright, shining little light everywhere that she goes. She definitely keeps me on my toes because going from having no kid to overnight having a, at the time she was a five-year-old, that was really crazy. And that was a lot to take in because it was all of a sudden I had somebody that had to make sure survived. And that was, that was crazy, but it's been great. And it's been uh, such a blessing. And I've really, I've really loved that. uh, I have this opportunity to do something that I honestly never imagined myself doing and could never fully prepare myself for. But anyways, so yeah, so I'm married and I, I'm going to start from when I became a believer. A little bit of backstory was I grew up knowing who God was, but I never actually knew God personally. And so I was the basically the child that we would go to church uh, every so often. And there'd be spurts of time when we would go pretty frequently. And then for whatever reason, we'd stop. I can't really remember the details on all that stuff, but I just know that I was not in church every single Sunday and being fed truth while I was there. So once I turned 20, that was when I actually became a believer. And it was all because I had a roommate who truly lived her life for Christ. And I started realizing that me saying that I was a Christian and believing God, and then her actually believing in God and knowing who Christ was, was completely different. And so I wanted what she had. And so that's that's what changed. God completely uh, turned my heart around. And honestly, I would say that I've gone through different phases when it comes to that as well. So, you know, I had the 20 years where I professed to be a Christian, but I really wasn't that much of a Christian. I wouldn't I would say I wasn't a Christian whatsoever. Just had the uh, Bible Belt knowledge sort of thing. And then you can fast forward to, honestly, it was like right at nine months ago, right? Whenever I got married, God completely turned my world around as well. I went through, um, so that was about seven years of being a believer. And I was growing an understanding of who God is and what he does in my life. But I realized by that, I mean, God opened my eyes and showed me that the way I approached scripture, the way that I approached worship, the way that I approached learning anything biblical, everything that I was doing was wrong. I slapped a cross on it or I slapped God's name on it and I called it biblical and it wasn't. And most of the time I didn't realize that that was what I was doing. It wasn't an intentional thing. And it wasn't something that I look back and I'm proud of, obviously, But it's something that I am thankful that I went through those moments so that I can see the difference because it is night and day. And what do I mean by that is I was definitely under the umbrella of I was very feelings based and I believed that I needed to have an encounter with God all the time. Um, I needed to make sure that, you know, I felt like I truly loved God. Like I constantly had that um, overwhelming desire for him and all these different things that, again, was just super feelings based. And 
is not biblical. Just so we're clear on that. That's not biblical. Um, but it affected it affected a lot of stuff. There was a lot of good that came out of those years. I'm not saying that that wasn't the case. And God was so gracious in allowing there to be a lot of good that came from that. Um, but I do hate that for seven years, the way I approached scripture was wrong and there wasn't the depth that I desired, but wasn't sure how to achieve it. I always thought that, you know, I would see the women that uh, that were so devout and that I truly wished that I could have that sort of relationship with God like them. And I always thought that I had to do all this stuff to measure up to that. You know, like I set standards on myself in my Christian walk that were not biblical and were never even there and that God never placed on me. God just told me to come. And that's all I had to do in that because of me wanting to understand what my purpose on this world was for Christ, it helped me to gain a bigger and deeper knowledge of him. And it gave me more of a desire to spend time with him. It gave me more of a desire to spend time in his word. So all these things that I so desperately wanted, I realized that when my, when my focus shifted in the good way, it happened. I'm now that person that I can't wait to spend time in scripture. I can't wait to spend time reading from um, from people like Martin Luther or re reading things from um, oh any of C.H. Spurgeon or R.C. Sproul. I love their stuff so much. Uh, I love to spend my time instead of watching movies or Netflix or anything like that. I like to watch documentaries over the Puritans. I like to watch uh, movies or shows that are designated to... Um, Pro, pro, uh, professing the gospel, proclaiming the truth of the gospel, and that are fighting the heresy that's out in our world. Because I never realized how heretical my life was until God opened my eyes nine months ago. So basically, I would say that I fall under the camp of a reformed person. And a lot of people don't know what that is. I had no idea what it was. I had never really heard of it before until this happened. And basically reformed people, what we believe is we believe in the fact that the Bible is without fault, that the Bible is our only truth. It is the truth. We don't base it off of the world's standards of truth. We don't base it off of our feeling standards of truth, but we base our life off of what scripture says is truth. And just like R.C. Sproul says, is that if I come up against something in scripture that I don't like, it's not because scripture is wrong. It's because I'm wrong. And that's the way I had to start approaching things. And then the biggest thing that I had to change and that did change with me was the way in which I did approach scripture. That's a huge part for reformed people is that we approach scripture knowing that it has 0% to do about us and 100% to do about Christ. If you've never seen the Gospel Transformation Bible, that one is awesome. We have a copy, thanks to my mom, and it is incredible. Basically, it is like a study Bible, but it goes from, obviously, Genesis to Revelation, because any good Bible should. And the commentary on it is showing you how Jesus is within this scripture. Because a lot of people believe that Jesus is only within um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and a little bit of Acts, but not really anywhere else. More in the Old Testament than in the Old Testament, or in the New Testament than in the Old Testament, but that's not true either. He's all in 
the Old Testament because Jesus has always been. And so why wouldn't he be from the beginning of time? So that's what that Bible kind of shows. And I really like it because it does help me to still struggle through that th- the thought process of how in the world is Jesus involved in this and how is this not about me? Because I grow up in a very self-centered nation. We are so about ourselves. We want whatever we want and we don't care what price that, t- that uh, entails. And we're going to get it however we can. But that is not what God has called us to do. God has called us to fully devote our lives to him and to trust in his word, even if it goes completely against what every single person around us is saying. And so because of that, because of the idea of setting my my life and my standards on biblical truths and not on feelings and not on making sure that every person around me feels good and feels accepted. Because while I want them to feel that way, of course, I don't want anybody to ever feel like they don't matter or anything like that. My goal is more, I want them to know who God is and for them to know that they need to understand how much of a sinner they are. So because of that, within the Reformation, um, that's what reform comes from, by the way, is the Reformation that happened a long time ago. I cannot actually give you the dates because I do not have those memorized because I'm world's worst at dates. But um, Martin Luther, he uh, basically realized that the way that the that society was holding scripture and was uh, living it out was so unbiblical. It was not actually coming from God's word. It was basically people taking his word and then either contorting it or just saying, I don't want this part because it doesn't make me feel good. So I'm going to get rid of it and I'm going to add in my own sort of thing. And so he then did, uh, he did his 95 thesis and they... It is 95 points of where or how we are supposed to live based off of scripture. And it is, uh, it's long and it's kind of hard for me to understand sometimes because the language, because obviously, like I said, it's from like the 18th or 1800s. And so that's a pretty long time ago. But because of that, that's what kind of, that what, that's what comes, that's where the word reform comes from is we base it off of that as well, the um, the 95 Thesis from Martin Luther. And we don't believe that our knowledge is only coming from um, divine revelation. We don't believe that the only way for us to know who God is, is only by the Holy Spirit whispering to us or angels, you know, showing us stuff or whatever. I'm not really sure. I never really got into that side of things. Um, I did definitely believe that I was supposed to be able to hear God's voice uh, audibly all the time. And I never could. And that was kind of confusing. Um, But I just figured it happened eventually, uh, which now I actually don't believe, but that's for a whole nother topic. But with the Reformed, so like I said, we do believe that the Bible is our truth. We do believe that the Bible is our standard, but we also believe that we come to Christ because of Christ's doing and that we are in desperate need of Christ. Not that we are these good people who Christ just decides to save, but no, I fully believe that I am a complete and wretched and utter sinner and that I should never, ever be allowed within even 
even the sight of God. He should never be uh, wanting to look at me. And I am thankful every single day that he did send his son to die so that I can be covered in Jesus' blood so that when God looks at me, he does see Jesus because there's no reason why God should ever look at me because I fully believe that I am unworthy of that and that I will never be worthy of that on my own because that is the case for every single person. And so I definitely, for those seven years before I became more reformed, I did believe that I was a good person, that good people were out there. And I did believe that, um, I think it was probably more of a workspace reality than um, I had realized at the time, to be honest. Uh, I did believe that, you know, once I was saved, it's kind of like, all right, well, I think I'm good now. Like, I do want to keep coming towards Christ. I do want to keep to um, getting to know God more because that's what we're supposed to do. But I don't think that that deep desire was actually there the way it should have been. Do I believe I was unsaved? No, I believe that I was trying to find answers that took seven years to finally come. And I believe that that is 100% within God's plan and 100% within um, what he had designed for my life. And I'm thankful for that because like I said, I have seven years that I can look back on and realize how, how false my walk was. Well, I shouldn't say my walk, but how false my desire was and how false my actions were a lot of times. Like this weekend, my pastor was talking about the people who um, who resemble the fig tree that Jesus came upon. And the fig tree looked like it had, it was bearing fruit and Jesus was super hungry. So he goes to the tree and then he realizes that there is no fruit. And so he tells the tree, that no one will ever eat of you again. And the next day, the tree is withered away. And that is such a representation of us as believers sometimes, is that we look like we are bearing fruit, but on the inside, there's nothing. We're dead. We don't have, um, we don't, our life doesn't actually produce fruit. It just looks like it does. And that's where I believe that I was at for quite some time. Um, and I am so thankful that God changed that for me. But, um, so where am I right now? Right now I'm a girl who is wrestling with a lot of different, uh, a lot of different mind shifts because when you've been in something for seven years and, you know, you've been told things a certain way, or you've been taught things a certain way, or you truly deeply believe something for a long time, a certain way. And then you realize that you, the whole time you thought it was biblical, but it wasn't, that's really tough. And it is not easy to go through. And I don't expect it to be easy to go through. And I didn't expect for everything to be sunshine and rainbows as soon as I realized um, just how, how wrong I was. But at the same time, I'm realizing that these, the wrestling that I'm doing now is so much better and so much different than the wrestling that I did for those seven years where I'd wrestle with the topic, I'd wrestle with an issue, and I'd wait until I had a feeling on it. I'd wait until I had some sort of, whether it was a feeling of peace or whether it was a feeling of, um, you know, run away or whatever it was. Um, and waiting for you to figure out your feelings on something and 
pushing that onto God and saying that that's the way that God wanted things to be. And then if it doesn't happen the way that your feeling said that it was going to happen, then you're upset with God and you don't understand or you're really, really confused. And that doesn't happen now. There's a lot of stuff that has happened within these nine months of our marriage that have caused me obviously to shake my head a lot and to um, just, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of heartache that's happened within our um, first nine months marriage. But with that, I also understand God's sovereignty so much deeper than I ever did before. I used to talk about God's sovereignty and would always tell people like, how dare you question it? But I was somebody who questioned it. I was somebody who was always saying, Oh, well, no, 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 no. He like in this area, I don't think that that's how this works. I don't think his sovereignty actually was um, over the situation, which is such heresy. Because his his sovereignty does cover all of it. And so now when things happen and I don't understand and I'm lost and I'm confused as to why in the world would this happen? Why in the world would something so bad, quote unquote, happen to somebody who's so good, quote unquote, um, I don't have that because I understand that God is so sovereign in things and whether I like it or not, there is a plan. There is a purpose. And if it doesn't benefit me, that's okay because my life isn't for me to be benefited. My life is for Christ and for God alone. And I'm just blessed along the way. And that's been one of the biggest shifts. So somebody coming from the worship side, which is, a huge passion of mine. For those that don't know, I love worship. I'm a big fan of singing. I love playing piano. I'm not super good at the piano, but I really enjoy playing it. Uh, I love worship. And that has probably been one of the biggest areas of wrestling that I've ever faced because I started realizing how, um, how me centered a lot of our worship music tends to be. And I, all I wanted during this time of um, transitioning from being more me focused, even though I was a believer to actually being God focused, all I wanted was music that was focused on him. And I just wasn't finding it. It was really hard to find and um, learning that the people in which, like I've said before, that I allowed to speak into my life at that time, that basically my options of music were so small and it was, it was a hard, a hard, hard time for me to try and figure out where do I use this new knowledge that I have and how do I incorporate that within worship? Because I didn't want, I didn't want my worship to be what it had been for seven years, which was feelings based, which was me based. It's really hard to think that it was, it was that, that bad, I guess, that far off the mark. But I know that there were times when my heart was definitely in the right place, but it's the worship now is so different. It feels, and I don't really like using that word, but it truly does feel like true worship. Like I'm, I am so focused on God because I've been making sure that one, my weeks are full of um, growing in him and spending time with him so that whenever I come to church on Sunday, I know who I am actually praising. I know who I am looking to. 
instead of, you know, it, it's like if you only saw somebody once a week and you, for 30 minutes to an hour and that was it, you don't really know them very well. Uh, you're kind of acquaintances. And that's what I did for seven years was God was my acquaintance. But he's changed my worship. It's so much deeper and so much richer. Uh, he's changed the way that I interact with people because while I, I've always been somebody, even though I was like really, really mean in high school, I've always been somebody who does love people. And I do have such a compassionate heart for people, but it's even, it's even like worse now. Uh, I fully understand that every person is an image bearer of God. Every single person. There's not one person on this earth that's not an image bearer of God. And whether or not they are saved or will ever be saved does not take away the fact that they are image bearers of God. And so that was something that I also had to struggle with and wrestle with because I believed that basically if you were a believer, for one, you had to look a certain way, you had to be a certain way. And then we were the ones that were created in God's image. Like it was weird. It was contorted and like looking in Genesis. I don't know how I ever got that, but that's what I believed. And so whenever you realize that every person, every single person you come in contact with is an image bearer of God, you can't help but one praise God for this person. But then also it just kind of gives you more of a heart for that person. It makes you want to, um, want to love on them. It makes you realize how, how desperately they need Jesus just like you. And it gives you more of a desire to help the lost and to show them the true gospel and then the true, um, just who God truly is. So that's been a really big change as well. And I think it was a very timely change as I um, am faced with people who I wish I could think worse about. I wish that I could have those moments where it's like, you know, never mind. I don't have to have anything to do with you. I don't want to have anything to do with you. And, you know, I'm going to be stew over here in my righteous anger, but that's not how, that's not how it is anymore. Um, God has called us to do the, what we believe is impossible sometimes. And that is sometimes loving your enemy. That is sometimes loving people who you think are, or you would deem unlovable, but that's not how God has um, designed them. And that's not how God has called you to interact with them either. So that's been a huge shift as well. And so um, I think that that kind of has covered most of the topics of the stuff that I've really wrestled through. And it's probably kind of confusing. Um, I should have written this all down because as I've said before, I need to learn to do that. And I just didn't. Um, but that is the basis of where a lot of my episodes are coming from is this viewpoint that I have now had and that God has blessed me with over these last nine months and has allowed me to grow deeper and deeper in of, um, as I've said before, it's basically the five solas that, um, I believe that is only scripture that we should truly turn to. We can read other books. We can use doc commentaries. We can use, use things like that, but in the end it's what scripture says and scripture alone. Um, I do believe that the only way that we can um, come to G or come to God is through Christ, that he is the only thing, the absolute only thing that can ever bring us to him. And it's not based off of um, it's not based off of our 
worth is not based off of our merit or it's not based off of um, how good we can be or how much money we spend um, on things that we or that we believe God deems as you know worthy enough for our money. It's not uh, any of that sort of stuff. It's only through Christ. And it's also through faith alone. We don't have to make a way to heaven. We don't have to work to get to heaven. We don't have to work to have a relationship with God. Um, is there work within it? Yeah, sometimes. But also, well, that's a whole other thing. But it is through faith alone. And so... That's something that was kind of harder for me to learn because I did feel like I had to earn my keep sort of thing. But that's that's not the case at all. Um, and all of this is uh, for for God's glory. There's no reason why we should ever be saved. There's no reason why we should have ever had a Bible. There's no reason why we should ever have faith um, except for for God's glory. It's not for you. It's not for me. It's. It's, it's nothing that we can ever fully understand because we are still in a culture that is us centered, but there's no, there's none of that stuff is meant for us fully. It's all meant for God to be glorified. It's meant for God to be the one who is honored and is praised. Um, and then in the last one, this was not in this specific order, like the five solas usually come in a specific order, but the last one has been one of the hardest ones for me, um, besides realizing that it's for, you know, God, everything is only about God, not about myself, uh, is uh, it's through grace alone that we are graced with this life. We are graced with every single thing that we give, get that we are graced with uh, God's presence and with Jesus and with the acceptance that we gain because of him. We're graced with all that stuff. It's not anything that we do or that we impart on ourselves, but it's every single breath that we get is grace. Every single, um, every single day that we get is grace. And that was really hard for me to wrap my mind around. And still sometimes it's hard for me to wrap my mind around. Um, because even in the hard times, it, there's still grace all in there. And we don't we don't really see it, but it's still there. And so that's sometimes something that can be hard to uh, fully comprehend. And that's definitely one that I still wrestle with. I am not at that point of perfection or at that point of, you know, I got this and I figured it all out. That's not it at all. I'm still very much just somebody who desperately loves God so badly, wants to make sure that I'm living every single day, one for him, but also for in the way that he has called me to live through scripture and try and bring as many brothers and sisters along with me as possible. And I have such a desire to fight all the things that I had to face whenever uh, I was, you know, being a believer for seven years. So I thought I I don't want people to go their entire lives living in that reality that I was in. That was actually a fantasy. It did not exist. It was not reality whatsoever. 
And so that's something that I deeply, deeply desire. And the five solas have really helped me to kind of find a firm foundation for me to plant my feet that um, I'm able to wrestle through. Um, and I'm, it's full of grace even through that. My wrestling is full of grace. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of all that I have for today. Like I said, I know that it's kind of all over the place, but I wanted you to just kind of know a little bit more about me. Um, for next week, I'm going to actually be doing a Facebook Live video as well. So stay tuned for that. I am so thankful that you spent time with me. And I hope that you have a great week. And I hope that some of this stirred some thoughts within you and has caused you to want to dive deeper into God's word and see where your life might be like mine was. So I hope that you have a great day. And I pray that you will go and praise God from whom all blessings flow.